Social Security, should we pay for it? I'm Ed Martin. And I'm Alex Kane, and this is The Bipartisans. Alright, so this topic comes out of our podcast on taxes when we're discussing budgets and how irresponsible the government can be in some respects. And Ed pointed out that he thinks that Social Security is a bad program and it's uh, it's very expensive and but no politician is ever going to make an effort to uh, get it do away with it so I want to hear why you don't support Social Security if it has so much bipartisan support across the board I mean I would rather look at why it has so much bipartisan support right so (laughs) the truth of the matter is old people vote like a lot And they also give a ton of money to campaigns. So if you make old people mad, that's really bad for your campaign. No politician is going to vote against Social Security. And so it kind of catches us in a loophole. It's like, well, what are we supposed to do? And I'm not saying like we should stop Social Security for the people who are on it. I'm just saying we should wane it off by making it so it's unavailable for the people who, like new people who are already born. Because it's a really crappy system. Why do you think it's a bad system? Why? Because it continuously, it's kind of like a pension system where it ends up just amassing so much of debt that it's not worth it. There are better, more organized ways of doing it that, you know, you don't accrue this much debt. Like it's just turned into a huge issue. And, you know, some people don't get uh, kind of out of it what they paid in. And it's done in like this kind of weird convoluted way. But the truth is we're just going into more and more debt because of it. And I think there are better solutions. Well, Social Security is currently running a surplus, and for the for the time being, it is adequately funded. But there is the issue of it's adequately funded because they move around funds for other things. Like, I mean, that's I mean, they are that's true. Like, at this point, they social make it so it's always adequately funded because they aren't going to cut Social Security. I well, it, it's not adequately funded after twenty thirty four, which is a huge issue with the program. It's like for for the for the current time, it, there's enough funding because there is a surplus. <laughs> And uh, it takes in more money than it uh, than it's paid out, but uh, that money the money will run out by twenty thirty four just because people uh, are living longer. Well, yeah. Also, um, in after twenty twenty two, the the income they take yearly will not be enough to support it, so they'll have to uh, uh, pull into uh, trust the trust funds they've invested in to and the uh, the money that they use the surplus for every year and that will run out in 2034 but the the thing is is that there can be simple changes to the program that will deal with its long-term funding which i think should be done i don't i don't think i don't see why we should scrap the program altogether just because it's by far the most effective anti-poverty program that exists in the u.s and it it's um very effective for keeping elderly people out of poverty who can't really work um or you could like have See, the real issue is that people don't really save for retirement in this country. Yeah, and, that, that is a big issue. Um, I think we could develop a system that allows people to invest properly, um, you know, and, and have diversified risk. And we don't really do that in general. Well, how, how would you suggest we do that? Yeah, well, I don't know. Like, um, you know how, like, most companies match 401k contributions? Yeah. I mean, there could be a government matching contribution. You could also be required to open a 401k or like a Roth IRA kind of account. Yeah, it's 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 very unclear um, 
kind of what the best solution is for me in terms of stuff like that. Like a lot of people have talked about privatization of social security and that wouldn't, that just wouldn't work it. The government handling of the money in the current state, the program works is as efficient as it would be if it was put into the private was invested privately. So <laughs> that's not an issue, but um, something like a 401k might be able to work. It's just the issue is that um, the, the, a big part of social security is that it makes up a large part of income of retired people who are in the lower, lower, um, lower incomes and lower wealth. And it's, it's largely effective in, right. But the money doesn't grow. Here's my issue with social security. There's absolutely no growth of that money. What do you mean? There's no growth. It's put into a trust under your name. That's what your payroll taxes go to and that gets paid out of for Medicaid and, and uh, Social Security. It's not put into accounts that grow with the market. Well, it's put. It's invested in uh, Treasury securities, which which do, if do you grow. look at the interest rates, they're, they're, they grow slowly, but they're, it is, off, they're often less than inflation. They don't keep up with inflation. But it is, it is an effective. It is the probably the most effective and safe way for the government to grow the money at it. Yeah, but by uh, by putting them into tre- See, this is the thing though, by putting them into treasury notes, you're literally just making the country go into more debt. The country is buying treasury notes from themselves, right? Or um right? And so then they're paying themselves back interest, which then gets distributed to the people. It makes no sense. Well, it's it's an effective it's effective way for the government to invest the money and pay out. It's not an investment. It's the government making themselves go into more debt. That's what it is. Like you can't even deny that. Okay. So, when you go and you buy a bond from the treasury, mm-hmm. who is paying the interest to that? The government. Right. So the government puts money into buying its own bonds. Who is it paying interest to? Itself. Right. So but they're it, just going into more debt. But it doesn't. It's a way of effectively creating money. Like it just doesn't make any sense. Well, the private investing it privately wouldn't be a solution. It it it's a long term investing is actually a very good solution. It's it often keeps up with inflation. It's um you know I'm not gonna say it's safer because it's not guaranteed. But I mean if if you want to be truthful, the the treasury notes are are not guaranteed either because I mean. If the government goes bankrupt, then. (laughs) But that that is very unlikely, yes. So, nothing's guaranteed, but stocks are significantly riskier to some degree. Um, But, you know, if you just put it in something like, I'm just saying, like, there is absolutely no growth. Well, there is, there is steady, there is steady growth in order to pay out the people that. It doesn't curb inflation. It doesn't curb inflation. It is, but it is a, it's, it's a, it's a safe and a guaranteed investment that it's not an investment. If you're losing, okay, this is what I'm saying. If you put, if you put $5,000 in a bank account, right at like bank of America and the savings account offers you like 0.8 interest, you're losing money by keeping it in the bank account. Like you realize that you're losing money to inflation every year by about 1.2%. Yeah. But so it's, you're effectively doing the same thing with bonds. Right, or you're keeping it at the same rate. There's absolutely no growth when you're just keeping with inflation. 
And that's also really crappy inflation numbers because it doesn't inclu- include energy costs. Yeah, but what? How how do you suggest the money? Where else the money would go? It would go into. I mean, normal. You have you people should be given the choice, right? So what happens now when you when you take out a four hundred one k is you can um, choose kind of where it gets invested, and you should be able to do the same thing. But it has to be mandated that you have one, and. You know, if somebody chooses not to be inactive, then yeah, maybe put it into treasury bills. But if somebody wants to aggressively invest with their 401k, I think that's fine. And if the gov- and the government packs half the money. But that being said, it has to make it so the government isn't the one buying the stocks. The one buying the stock is the person. I, I just don't see how that's a more effective system. Because I mean. stocks grow at a much better rate than treasury bills. And you're also, you wouldn't need to contribute as much because that's why companies don't offer pensions. I mean, you have, Social Security is essentially a pension, okay? Like, you, you yeah. pay into it. It, it. Yeah. Yeah, it's a pension. And pension systems overwhelmingly don't work, and they cause governments, at least local governments and state governments, to go bankrupt all the time. You yeah. See, I mean, that happened in Rhode Island. It's a completely inefficient system, and it's outdated, and the market has a lot of complex tools that allow you to invest safely. So to say that normal people can't invest in a 401k is ridiculous because if you want to put it all in treasury bills, you can. Yeah, all, I'm, it, it, all I'm saying is people should have the option to grow their money. Simply paying, you know, 15% payroll tax every time you're up, up until $85,000, that, you're just paying for the older people to get their social security. There's no growth in that. People aren't actually experiencing growth by putting money into it. But how would you if – you, if you had a system like that um, – because so, Social Security overall is – it's really most effective in being kind of a a uh, a, a safety net because uh, it, it, it's a product of the Great Depression having the social insurance of uh, basically there being money for people when they weren't able to make their own. And it's, um, and it's for basically uh, most effective for low-income elderly people. So, how if, how would you suggest that that would like how the program would effectively help lower income people if you if they were investing in four hundred one k's because they're not how are they going to be able to uh, effectively grow their uh, grow their wealth enough through through the by stock having market? government mandated four hundred one k's? Would that be effective in actually growing their money enough that instead of yes having a a government Yes, pension? because the money doesn't grow and it's put in the government pension. I mean, but the money is always there. Is that it's kind of why the why Social Security is generally supported. Sorry about that. We're back. Um. So what you're talking about is long term growth, and so my point is that there is no growth with Social Security as it is. Yeah, that's. I I agree that that is a fair point, but I. The issue I have is that, um, the issue I have is that Social Security is kind of a, it's a solid system, and if there were changes made, it would be more effective, and it, it would basically have long-term security in terms of being financed properly, and like you said, like, no politician's ever going to change it and make it to a 401k, so I think it's kind of more beneficial to just look at how we can change the Social Security program, and completely undoing it and that that's where that's where i'm coming from like i 
I'm because pensions. I don't think anyone would argue are a good way to plan for retirement. That's why most companies have switched over to providing 401ks, and you can see how um, with local governments, the pension systems are basically bankrupting them. But when when we're talking about Social Security as a system, I, I just think there are effective changes that could be made to make it. Why, though? It doesn't even provide enough money for people. That's the thing. Well, because if you're getting 15% of what you earned, you know, 50 years ago, it's not the same amount. So you're earning that. Like, it just doesn't make any sense, Alex. Well, it, it's, it does. It, I would have to disagree with that because it's effective in lifting elderly people out of poverty, which is a huge thing because for, um, for the lowest 40% income of retired and disabled people, social security provides 80% of their income and it, um, it, it, uh, it's decreased. But people are saying it's too little. That's my point. People want an increase, but there's no money to do it. No, I, I'm not arguing for an increase. I think that in its current state, it's, 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 it's fine. Just because you have 41% of uh, seniors would be living in poverty without Social Security, and now it's only 9%, which is a, it's an important number. It's, it's doing, it's doing well enough in providing for seniors as it is now. There just needs to be changes to reduce the deficit that the program will be running soon, which is. Which would be, um, there's simple things like increasing their, actually re increasing their retirement age, which is something Reagan, um, Reagan, uh, uh, introduced policy that would solely in increase the retirement age from 65 to 67, and it's kind of been stalled, and it needs to be done, so it's at least 67, maybe even 70, and... But is that just, like... My point is you're still letting the prolonged big issues stay. Like well, you're not actually fixing the problem. The The problem is the system itself. It doesn't work in the modern economy. It's, it, it's, I, I, I agree that it's, it's not the best system, but I think it can still work well enough in the modern economy. It's proven not to. And, and I understand the changes you want to make, but that's not going to make that big of a difference. Well, All I'm it, saying is if people actually invested money and we should encourage people in this country to do so. Well, it, it can, it can close a lot of the deficits. Like the one, when I was talking about increasing the retirement age, that can close 5% of the deficits. That's 5%. We're not. No, any, but there's other changes. Like if you, if you right now you average your um, highest 35 years of income, if you change that to 40 years, that would close 21% of the deficit, which is not. But the people are getting less. Like, you don't understand. They're, they're getting are less. Saying, but people are saying that they're not getting enough. So you have a few options. You could say that certain people don't get Social Security because they, um, you know, they made too much money. They have retirement accounts, which I don't think will, will bid well. Or you could, you know, say, look, we'll, we'll tax you at X percent rate, um, but the tax will then be put into a 401k or IRA, whatever, and then you can decide what to do with it. Otherwise, it will be invested in, you know, whatever, like, whatever treasury notes. Yeah, that's, that's definitely a, a, a fair system. But how, like, how would you see that coming to, ever coming to be in there? By passing legislation. I just... I mean, I don't see how it's unfair. You keep the people who are on Social Security on Social Security. Everyone new gets switched over to the system. You're not cheating people. You'd have to go into slight debt to major debt to pay off what what has been done, or you increase taxes in some other way. Um, but that's what would have to be done, anyways. 
Alex. Sorry, the drum music was bothering me. <laughs> yeah, um, going back to what we were talking about, um, I, I just have an issue with basically this, this, the, the way social security is set up, there's a security net for, set up for disabled and, uh, lower income retired people is basically what it's best for. And I, I think that major changes where you invest in 401ks and IRAs, well, overall... You can right. add additional safety nets for poor people. I'm not saying you can't. I'm just saying for mass majority of people who are, you know, norm, like, you know, normal, go to work, get paid the payroll tax, that they, the money that's taxed could be used in a better way. Well, this we're not talking about it. A small portion of the population. We're talking about forty, around forty percent of the lowest income of uh, elderly people, which is not insignificant because Social Security is by far the majority of their income. So right, but the, my point is that income doesn't stretch enough. So how do you stretch it more? You make you actually have growth year over year. That's my point. All I'm saying is you need to have growth, and Social Security doesn't allow for that currently. I just, I have an issue with there not being the security because they, whenever it's a, it's risky to, to invest in the, 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 did you not hear what I said is the default option? Yeah, but then you're just, you're just putting people back on social security or people can make the choice to grow it. But if you have a, if you have an optional system like that, would people actually choose when it comes down to money, and maybe people would actually learn how to invest, yeah. But if if people, basically, Social Security exists because people don't save and invest their own money. So if if, if they were happens, forced to, but how do you how do you force people to? I know you've talked about there's the tax, and you uh, you have to choose uh, you have to choose whether you want to just keep doing the same investing in the treasury securities that social security is currently run on. But like, how do you, how do you f force people to invest the private, the money in this market? Well, you don't, but you give them the option. So maybe they don't, you know, and you try to educate people on a public level, how to actually invest and save money. That's the point because there's something different. There's something removed about social security where, you know, it's not it's not your money because it's being taken from you and you'll get it back later. But you don't see, you know, the balance. You don't see it grow. You know, there's something very real to that. And so that, like, if you can promote that, that's great. Well, I I think that the the reason why Social Security is like that, it's just the there's the issue with there being the security that the money is there. And I agree that investing the money in the stock market is probably a better way to grow it. I just, I'm just wary of the, the the backlash that would happen where people's money isn't guaranteed and it, it, it they might be able to grow up more, but they might not like. That's their own risk. You have to take risks. I'm not like I said. It's before. also the government forcing you right. to take a risk. Well, they're not because you're putting it into treasury bills. It's already the risk already inherently taken. Well, there's there is you have a there choice. isn't really a risk in it. In investing in treasury, but right? That's but why you have a choice. I'm saying you got to give people a choice, but you have to make the choice easy to do. And this makes it easy to do. It makes it accessible, right? Because you know, average people aren't necessarily going out and getting their retirement funds. Like, obviously, because people aren't saving correctly. We know that. 
But how, like, how would the how would the government be able to run like a program like that where it's so varied successfully? Like you, Social Security is able to. You do it through private investment banks. Yeah, but it's, Social Security is able to exist because there's this huge fund of money that is invested, and when you you give people the choice, that money decreases. It's and it's kind of spread across different places. How's like there's there's smaller amounts of money in different places. How is that gonna end up being? What do you mean? Well, right now Social Security, there's a huge trust fund for. Um, Correct me if I'm wrong, but I thought there's there are individual funds. What do you mean? For people, like you have it put in your name through the government. There, indivi- no. you have an individual trust. No, there's there's two there's two large federal trust funds. There's one. For- or, but is that is that money collected from Social Security from payroll, or is that money that the government has invested and then later puts in into payroll? That's that's from payroll taxes. Okay. So, I don't know. I just, I think that social. I just think that social security can work. And well, I might, I might, I might agree with your point that, uh, that kind of undoing the whole system and using the private market to more effectively grow people's money is it's something completely valid. But I just think it's more effective to try to make the current system work. Or you can make it like op- you know you can make it optional to a certain extent. But but programs like that don't work if they're optional. They just they, they work better when there's more support. But the way I'm proposing it, 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 I mean, it basically is optional. Well, it's optional where you put the money, but no, it's optional whether or not you want normal social security or because basically it's just normal social security the other way. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. So you're just investing in like, how does the bills. how does the money get distributed at the end in your system? Do you, it's part of your income. So you so you choose where to invest the money, right? You can. Yeah. Is it is it pooled together or your investment is separate? Your investment is your investment. It's your money. So there's no there's there's no um there's no redistribution of that money. It's it's. No. Okay. All right. But I mean, if you think about it, it's a flat tax. Okay. So the way payroll tax works now is it's around 15%. It's not 15% on everybody until you make 80, it's around $85,000 and then you don't get payroll tax anymore. Yeah. Right. So, you know, if you're making $60,000, you're just putting away, you know, not 15, it would be somewhere around 10% of your income because some of that goes to uh, Medicaid. Um, you know, ten percent of your income would be going to saving for retirement, which is the, around the goal that you want to be, right? And so then, yeah. instead of me running through the government, you have your own money, and you cannot take it out. But like you are being forced to save for retirement, it's it's a better. You have accountability for it. Then I, I think that's why I would like it better. You there's people are accountable for their own money. But what about what about um, just what about lower income people who aren't who wouldn't be able to grow their money. I'm not just, saying you can't it doesn't mean you can't have a social social like a, a net but I, I'm saying you know for a mass majority of people if we're talking about majority of people this system will work better well when also if you make you know sixty thousand dollars not at the eighty five thousand dollar threshold you are you're still going to grow your money at a faster rate than if it was in social security 
Well, there's also just the issue that um, Social Security is by nature progressive, where there's kind of the more money you make, you do make, uh, you do, you do receive more in Social Security, but they're kind of it kind of flattens out. Yeah, because the eighty-five thousand dollars. Yeah, yeah. So, but part of that is that the money is basically in a manner redistributed because to help the more lower income people. So if there's individual trust from your payroll tax, how would how would you be able to support um, people who are using Social Security basically as... I'm not saying it has to be the whole payroll tax, okay? I'm saying it could be half of what they normally give. Like, you don't have to give as much when it's growing at a much faster rate. Like, if you look longevity-wise, you know, people's career... I don't know what the, the average career spin is. Do you know that? No, it, well, I mean, they take 35 years of income, so I guess they can say... Yeah, 35 years, yeah. if you look at the stock market over 35 years, you're going to see growth, for sure. Yeah. Right, it doesn't, even if you, even if you put in money uh, 35 years prior to 2008, you're still making a ton of money, right? Yeah. And yeah. then you, you divested in 2008, even though you're at a loss from where you were a year ago, you're still... At a higher growth rate than putting it in treasury bonds. Yeah, that's. I mean, no one, one, no one disagrees with the point that the stock market grows over time, and it grows by a large amount. I just the whole concept of social security is to be the the social is to be a form of social insurance, and um, that when you have the money privately invested, is it might work, but. I, I, the thing is, I don't see a, a problem with the current system where kind of the government keeps the money and it grows a tiny amount, but it still grows and it's still there. Now, your your system might, might it probably would be, grow the money a lot more, but because it's so, it's so, it's basically political suicide to push for it, I think that... Well, then I think the politicians need to, you know... Muster up the courage because the current system is horrible and they're just making it worse for everyone else. Well, how is it worse for everyone else? Well, because they're putting in an inefficient system. That's not good for anybody. Well, it's, I guess, but I mean, the difference between your system and this system is you're basically putting in the same amount either way. You just end up with more money in yours than you do in this. So it's not, it doesn't like hurt anyone that much. Besides it the is. people who are, it's hurting the people who aren't getting enough money because it's not properly saved and it's not put in for long term growth. Well, the the thing is with Social Security is that it it is it is getting people enough money where it's it's pulling people out of poverty. It's just not as much money as it could be, and it's expensive in its current state. And it it, it there's huge fu- issues with the funding, but I I don't think. The, the people, the the biggest problem with Social Security is not that people aren't receiving enough money. It's that it's just expensive to run and that there will be a deficit soon if the money is not better handled. Okay, here's my point. If you put, if you put your money into an index fund, okay, 35 years ago from the financial crisis, you would grow your money by... Uh, one thousand three hundred and sixty nine point three four percent. Yes. Over thirty five years. Okay. Whereas the other one's like two percent every year. 
Yeah, that's, uh, I think it Which is a net gain of, like, zero. Okay. So at that point, you're getting, like, 1%, because inflation generally is around 2%, give or take. Yeah. I, so, what did you say, 3.8? 3.2%. So you're making 1.2% growth, versus, you know, year after year, you're making a lot better growth on stocks. My point is, they, you know, stocks are better are better longevity-wise, because if you're investing for 35 years, you're pretty much bound to make money. Right. Yeah. Even if you just put it into an index fund, you're bound to make money. Let alone yeah. individual stocks or industries. Yeah, that's that's something I can't disagree with. So all I'm saying is prepare people to, you know, having it be their own money, it calls for a system of accountability. And it also makes it feel like it's theirs. They're responsible for it. Well, I also think a huge part of social security is people don't want to be responsible for it. Which, but that's I, bad. I, don't, I don't, yeah, I don't know if I agree with that, but that's why this system might be unpopular. Is people just want to get paid when they retire, which, but this system you can do nothing and you would still accrue yeah, money. Yeah, that's my that's, point. Yeah. So if you want to be lazy and do nothing, you can. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. And at that point, it comes down to, you know, people making a bad decision, which is that's why it's a, it counts for accountability. I'm not saying old people should go and die in a ditch. Like well, yeah, I'm no, just saying. I don't. I, I didn't accuse you of saying that. I, I'm. I'm just saying. I don't think the current system is effective at all. I. And it just it lacks basic economic. I mean, if you look at the survey, it's like two thirds of people in the United States are financially illiterate. That's a big problem. Yeah. So how do you, how do you uh, suggest we change that? I, that I mean, I think that's an education problem. So do you think that in like high school there should be we should yes. be taught finance? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. You should be learning about loans, credit scores, that kind of thing. I mean, like if you look at how they test financial literacy, literacy, it's like four questions, and it's like, you know, how, what, how much are you going to make an in interest, and like that kind of thing. It's not even like complicated math. It's like, it's just it's upsetting. And I think we have to change that culture in the United States of not saving. Yeah, there, that's, um, that's, it's better for everyone if we're financially literate, but I don't know. I don't think it necessarily makes, I, mean, be, I don't think it makes Social Security better. It's just basically the problem with Social Security is that it, it came out of a time of dire need where the country was in the Great Depression, and they're basically like, we don't have money saved away for this, so we're going to save away money. So they basically just came up with a system where you basically um, you you put money away from taxes and made sure that it you basically didn't lose money on it, which at the time seemed like a good system, and people like it because they get free money when they retire. But it's it, it's probably, probably better to teach financial... Uh, make the population more financially literate and have them invest money. Yeah, I mean, and this isn't a, a uniquely American problem. Uh, it's estimated that the the world is is the same percentage, two thirds percent financially illiterate, um, and it's it's going to cause massive issues. You know. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I think that's it for the podcast today. I'm Ed Martin, and I'm Alex Kane, and this is the Bipartisans presented by. 
our great friend, BenSounds.com. Thank you for listening.